0: Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. I'm glad you're here. Glad you took uh, some time out of it. beginning of a busy holiday season to be with us today. For those of you who have been following along this month, we're using Matthew Kelly's book, The Rhythm of Life. And in particular today, I want to talk exactly about that idea of our lives having a rhythm in them. Matthew Kelly's thesis is that true success is us being our best selves. And so, uh, so far this month, we've talked a little bit about that idea of success, about the idea of what makes us successful. Is it really how much money we have? Is it the kind of job we have? Is it the houses we live in? Is it those external things? Kelly would suggest that instead, a true measure of success is what's going on in the inside. It's how we feel about our lives. It's whether or not our dreams are being expressed. It's whether or not we're really in touch with the people and the things that matter to us, that those outward manifestations of success (laughs) may not really matter as much as we think they do. And in particular today, he's challenging us with three very particular things that he believes can dramatically add success back into our lives. And, and I got to tell you, as I was preparing for the, uh, for the talk today, I thought, really, Larry, I'm going to be telling people to get good sleep (laughs) it's like, well, I could just kind of pretend to be my mom and stand up here and go now, are you getting enough rest, sweetie? (laughs) But yet Matthew Kelly suggests, and I think it's true that one of the investments that we make into our true selves is taking care of ourselves and one of the ways that we absolutely can do this is by getting proper rest. now at first i was a little skeptical right i'm one of those kind of guys well in fact uh my partner Daniel was saying, you know, if you want to measure success as uh, as getting a good night's sleep, Larry, you must be one of the most successful people <laughs> on the planet. And I, <laughs> and I have to admit, for me, it's true. Oh my gosh, I can sleep on planes. I, I slept on the Max train one time past two stops. <laughs> so I truly get my sleep. But I did a little research and I was astounded to find out that Probably half of Americans have some trouble with their sleeping. In fact, there were some studies done not that long ago by the American Psychological Association. Listen to these numbers. It's kind of staggering. 40 surveys conducted by the Psychological Associations reveal that 40 million Americans suffer from sleep disorders. 60% of adults report having sleep problems at least three or more nights a week. And more than 40% of adults experience daytime sleep sleepiness severe enough to interfere with their daily activities. 20% report a problem of sleepiness several days a week or more. And 69% of children experience one or more sleep problems a few nights or more each week. That's kind of staggering. It's like half the population is not either getting enough sleep or the kind of sleep that will allow our bodies to repair themselves. Did you know why we sleep? I mean, a lot of us think of sleep as something that's a little on the begrudging side, as though it's something that we must do in order to kind of pay our dues for moving forward. What you may not realize, though, is it is only in sleep when certain kinds of repair to our body occur. So when we skip a night's sleep or when we're having poor sleep, guess what those parts of our body do? they kill off the cells. The cells that would normally be repaired by getting a good night's sleep, these are the cells that, uh, you know, were fatigued during the day through exercise or any number of things. Normally in sleep, they get replenished. If we don't get our sleep, the body's second line of defense is we'll kill it off and create a new one. Now this, occasionally, is no big deal, right? I mean, our body can replicate our cells, and if something needs to be repaired and we don't take the time for the sleep, it will repair itself through the process of killing off the old one and making a new one. But guess where I'm going with this? If you do that often enough, guess what happens? You get old. A lot of the things that we associate, (laughs) some of you are going, now just stop with this. (laughs) But a lot of the things we associate with the idea of old age, especially the way we look and the way our skin is and things like that, are not so much the number of years that we have. They're how we've treated our bodies. And one of the best and simplest investments you can make in having wholeness be a part of your life is actually making sure that you get enough sleep and you get regular sleep. And those are actually the two pieces of it, too. And you need both of them because uh, some people have the idea, well, you can catch up on the sleep. Have you ever heard that one? Well, I haven't slept so well the last three nights, but the weekend's coming. I'll make up for it. Guess again. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. You've killed off those cells; they still need to be recreated. So, so consistent sleep and appropriate sleep in terms of duration. These are two investments you can make in your entire life that will be amazing. All right, off of sleep. I, I swear I'm doing a sermon about sleep, but there you have it. <laughs> The second thing that Matthew Kelly says that we can do for ourselves has to do with having a significant spiritual practice. And I, I found a joke to, to lead us off on, on this one. So a, a young Jewish scholar from New York was invited to become a new rabbi in a small community in Chicago. On his first Sabbath, a hot debate in the congregation erupted as to whether one should or should not stand during the reading of the Ten Commandments. Well, the next day, the young rabbi decided to visit the old rabbi, 98-year-old Mr. Katz, in the nursing home. Mr. Katz, I'm asking you, as the oldest member of this community, what is the synagogue's custom during the reading of the Ten Commandments? Well, why do you ask? Uh, 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 said Mr. Katz. Well, yesterday we read the Ten Commandments. Some people stood and some people sat. The ones standing up started yelling at the ones sitting, <laughs> telling them they should stand up as an obs- observance of God. And the ones sitting down started yelling at the ones standing, telling them that God intended us to be relaxed during the Sabbath. So please tell me, what is the custom that Said the old man, is the custom. (laughs) And so I want to ask you, one on one, so to speak, about your own spiritual practice. You no doubt have a custom of some sort as to what you do around your spiritual practice. Some of the folks here in this room are meditators. Some of the folks here in this room maybe do daily prayers. Others maybe walk in nature. You know, there's a variety of things that allow us to become more in touch with our spiritual self, to commune, if you will, with our higher powers. I would ask you, though, to really examine this. Because this, too, much like sleep... I think is an investment in ourselves. It isn't something that we find the time for. It isn't something that we squeeze in. Much like sleep, I don't think it's the thing you can avoid all week long and then just get an injection on Sunday. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm really glad we're all here today. I mean, it is a blessing to be here together on Sunday. But like sleep, we need to commune with our sense of spirituality. We need to have a, a, an inroad, if you will, to our higher wisdom selves. And I want to talk just for a moment about prayer, because I think a lot of people have the idea that prayer is sort of like, I don't know, it works like the telegraph, or, uh, or, or it works like, uh, do you know what I mean, like I'm down here on the earth, And once a day or something like that, I'm going to communicate with, you know, some bearded guy in the sky and tell him all the things that I need and want. Not so much what we believe here. (laughs) What we believe is that God is everywhere and in anything. And so even just a quiet moment in the afternoon when you just have a moment of free time, just going within to do that slight meditation or that slight prayer. It's not like there's some effort at sending things anywhere. <laughs> there's, Do you know what I mean? It, it's not like it has to be something out of your ordinary routine. In fact, that's my urging is that prayer and meditation, that contemplation, become part of who you are. And it doesn't seem like doing something special, but rather you have an absolutely regular practice, like sleep, like the other things you do, so that every day you're giving a little bit of yourself, making that investment in yourself to communicate with your higher wisdom self. Because that's who you're really talking to. When we pray, when we meditate, that thing that we're in communication with isn't some disembodied spirit. It is your spirit. It is your higher wisdom self. The, the prayers go no further than from maybe from here down to here. Do you know what I mean? The prayers are for and to and with you. It is that chance to review our progress it is that chance to, uh, to get some tips and techniques from the person that actually knows the answer, which is you, your higher wisdom self. As we commune with God, we're communing with ourself in a way that makes our lives more practically easy, more spiritually fulfilled. It is that chance to check in on a routine basis to see how we're doing, not what we're doing but how we're doing. So I would advise you, um, my request this week is to check in with yourself and think about this idea of a spiritual practice and like sleep, are you doing it every day and are you doing it in a regular way? The last thing I want to talk about today is the idea of honoring the Sabbath. Um, Do you know what? I discovered something during the first service uh, as a little test, and I want to try it out on you and see if it works here too. I think we can easily divide this room by age by answering one question. Who here remembers when most of the stores were closed on Sunday? (laughs) we're the over 50 crowd (laughs) now I throw that out as as an interesting bit of trivia uh, because there was a time when it was felt that truly having a day off was important for everyone And so that was a a gift, if you will, or an investment that was given to employees. Well, of course, everyone should have Sunday off. Everyone deserves to have a day off of rest. And somewhere along the line, I think through convenience or maybe corporate greed, I don't know, (laughs) the idea that stores should be open all the time, and I mean all the time, even 24 hours a day in some cases, became what was usual. But I think we've lost something. I think we truly have lost something. Because what happens now? Most of us work five days a week or maybe even six days a week. And then what do we do on our one day off? <laughs> Watch football, yeah, exactly. I think, I think though, I actually know what goes on on that one day off. It's getting ready for the next week. It's making sure the laundry's done. It's doing the shopping. It's making sure that the kids are up on their homework for the week. It's making sure that all of those unbelievable, everything from making sure the windows are clean and the, the, the car has its maintenance done. It's like everything that doesn't normally fit into our work week, suddenly that's our, th- our Sabbath. <laughs> it's like, what happened? Rather than taking time during the week to have communion and a connection with our higher power, we're having it with Safeway. <laughs> we're, we're having it with our laundry. We're, we're having it with the car mechanic. What's up with that? I think in the same way that we have a normal rhythm of sleeping And wakefulness, the same rhythm with which we might have a spiritual practice and the rest of the day, equally, we need to have literally some time off of doing to experience some being. And I'm going to get right down and kind of ugly and in your face a little bit. Um, So my friend, uh, one of my dear, dear, dear friends was already explaining how this week is going to go at her house. Well, she's already been madly shopping for the Thanksgiving dinner stuff because the the people are coming. And and I naively said, well, at least on Friday you can relax. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. She just laughed at me. She said, are you kidding? She said, first. First of all, my Christmas cards got to go out right away. So I'm going to spend at least two hours handwriting all my Christmas cards. That'll be Friday morning. And then she said, I got to do the Black Friday thing. I don't got to be out shopping. Now I'm not one of those people that needs to be at the store when it opens in order to get the super bargains. She said, but absolutely, I'm going to be shopping most of the day. And then on Saturday, I'll finish up my shopping. And she said, maybe, maybe, but probably not on Sunday, maybe I'll rest, but more likely I'll be doing laundry and still getting ready for things to come. So here in our experience, we have the opportunity, if you will, at a four day Sabbath. And most of us are going to blow it off. Please don't. Please recognize what a holiday is It's a holy day. The idea of holiday comes from the very nature of setting aside a time to communicate with your inner world. To spend time with the the people that are most important to us to express our love. To be there in an intimate way with both our God and our family. That is what a holiday is intended to be. And when we skip it, when we plow our way through it, What happens, I believe, is we lose sight of what's really important. It is that investment that we get to make periodically throughout the year, this idea of a Sabbath that I think is important. I mean, if it were up to me, I'd probably have the stores closed on Sunday again. Not that I think it would be important for everyone to be here, although I would like to see that. I I do love my Sunday friends. But I think what is more important that we have a day just to be, to check in with ourselves, not with any obligations, not with that sense of having to do things either to make up for what happened the week before or to get ready for the week ahead, just a day to be, to see if we're on track with our goals in life. To have an understanding, not of what I have to do next week, but what I'm becoming next week. Am I on track for seeing some of my dreams realized? Am I moving forward in my plans for whatever it is? I hope everyone here has some life plans, some bucket list items. Am I on track for them? Am I moving forward in my education? Am I moving forward in my health program? Am I becoming healthier? Have I, have I taken that class on nutrition yet? There's any number, any number of things we can do to move forward in our lives to truly be successful, and are we on track with that? If we do not take time to check in in that way, it's like the speeding freight train, but to where? I know that we're all headed towards one place, but that's probably not what's on your mind, right? There, there are only a few things that are guaranteed in this life. One of them's taxes. And you know what the other one is. We don't believe in St. Peter up there with a golden book, keeping track of how we're doing, because we have the option of keeping track of how we're doing now. How are we doing? Not what are we doing, but how are we doing? Are our goals being met? Is our love being expressed? Are the people that we're intimate aware of that, that, that we love them and care about them and that life is important? See, this is perhaps the measure of success. At the end of the day, at the end of the life, does it matter that how many zeros are in my bank account and which side of the decimal point they're on? <laughs> Probably not so much. At the end of the day, and at the end of our life, was it a life that was fulfilled? Was it love that was freely expressed? Was that a sense of accomplishing goals, of being there for friends, of doing what's important? Or was it just that I put in 25 years at the telephone company? Is that my legacy? That I worked for New Seasons for 15 years or that I worked for the Forest Service for 10 years or, or even that I was self-employed in a job that I kind of liked, kind of, sometimes? Is that to summary of my life? Gosh, I hope not. So I'm urging us this week during our Sabbath, during our Thanksgiving holiday, to take a look about how we're doing check in with yourselves, put the Christmas cards aside, give yourself Friday, at least the morning off of Black Friday, right? Or, oh, thank you. Or the whole day. (laughs) Let us perhaps use Black Friday as a day for getting in touch with who and what we really are, what matters to us, what's important, what our legacy is going to be, how we would summarize our lives. If this was the last weekend in our life, how would we summarize our lives? Would we be happy with it? If not, what a perfect time to begin making plans. I'm gonna close today with a a quote from this book and, of course, a prayer. There is an art to slowing down In our busy world, it is not easy to master this art, but it's actually necessary. Our lives have a habit of gathering momentum of their own. We plunge forward with or without our consent. We must learn to slow down and actually access life. Take your foot off the accelerator and look about, look within. Slow down. Sleep well. Breathe deeply. Reflect deeply. Pray and meditate. Live to the fullest. Otherwise, you may spend your entire life feeling like a bulldozer chasing butterflies. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness. Despite the millions of forms on this planet in consciousness, there is only one thing. And that describes me, it describes each person in this room, it describes our higher wisdom self, it describes that thing called God or the divine feminine. There is only one. And from this one, I draw strength. From this one, I know that I make an investment in my own portion of it in sleep, in spiritual practice, in honoring the Sabbath, time to go within, time to reflect, time to understand what's really important, time to measure my success based not on the exterior but on the interior world, on my life as it relates to my dreams, my beliefs, my friends, my family. This, this is success. And as it is true for me, I know it is true for each person in this room. Each person here has the capability of making an investment in themselves. Each person here understands that with that investment comes all the riches of the universe, that an investment in loving our friends returns love, that an investment in good sleep means a healthy body, that an investment in spiritual practice means being centered and capable. And so for each person here, I perhaps open my heart to see a willingness to make those investments. And for this, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for our upcoming Thanksgiving celebration, including our potluck today. I'm grateful for this life that I share with my friends and family, with the people in this room. And so in gratitude, I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone.